So I got to tell you, I was not planning on liking this album. Really? Yeah. I think I was like, you know, I really like Twerp, and I think they're like a fun, like a a, sh- a shtick. But like, mm-hmm. I did not think this was going to work like a second album in a second year. They're good, dude. Yeah. They're good. There's no getting around it. They're good. Yeah. It really surprised me. And uh, it almost made me pick an 80s album. Interesting. Yeah. I didn't I didn't I didn't end up picking it for next week, but I ended up coming right back full circle. I zigged all the way back to the beginning. Yeah. We're doing uh Gucci Gang next week. Yeah. Or whatever it is. Gami Gang. <laughs> That's probably the oldest you've ever sound. <laughs> are we uh, are we are doing that all that Gucci gang? <laughs> you you young whippersnappers with your, your technology and your big words. Um, yeah, they they have like an older album. It's ten songs, thirty five minutes long. So, all right, perfect. Um, all right. Hey, everybody! Welcome back to Off the Beaten Clef. This week we're uh, doing a first. I think our first repeat artist and Twerp. I brought him back. Had to. Uh, the album is new and improved from twenty twenty one. So, so let's get into it. Ding 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 ding. <laughs> yeah we're back again uh like i said we're, we're repeating um yeah it's uh we're doing another early not early morning but morning-ish recording so this is new for us um so we're you know our moods might be a little different i guess i don't yeah. know uh, <laughs> um but yeah no uh like i i felt like since we were doing summer albums and i really struggled with my first week i was like you know what it's Corpse sitting right there. They had an album we hadn't talked about yet that released very shortly after we talked about them last year, um, and they're just fun, man. So I figured, roll it, but run it back. I've talked about coming back to bands before, so I figured I might as well, you know, shit or get off the pot here and brought back Twerp, one of my one of my favorite bands. Uh, I'll get into why later, uh, but yeah, they're just they're just really really fun, and I think. The world needs more bands that are just committed to having fun and not really making a big name for themselves. Yeah, definitely. I I think this album I was like not expecting to like, which I think I, I said a little bit before. And I think it's because like you hear twerp and you're like, there's no way this would be good for an album. And then you hear an album, you're like, the album's pretty good, but I don't know how it'd be for a second album. And they have they've got what six, seven albums at this point. Uh yeah, yeah something like that. Five, uh, maybe six, less, yeah. but uh, definitely multiple albums. And it sounds like every album has like a beginning, middle, and end. It's got like, even if it's kind of like a corny and like almost like joking story, it's still got a story, and I think that's really cool. And yeah, I, when you first said twerp, I was like, I don't know. Like 
every time someone picked a song on the show I listened to, I'm like, oh, I like this. But like another album, and uh, we were discussing when we did our last Twerp album, which was September 27th, and this album came out almost exactly two months later on November yep. 25th, and I don't know, like I, yeah. Before I uh, give away all my opening thoughts, I just was not expecting to like this album very much. Sure. Um, let's play the game. Kev guessed the singles. Um, well, I know Bright Blue Sky is one. Yes. Uh, that's the only one I'm sure of, though. Is there more than just that one? Yeah, there's two more. Oh, boy. Um, Superior Moves? Nope. There are two I, I, that I, I would have never guessed. Uh, yeah, I have no idea then. Found Your Love. Uh, okay. And Polygon. Polygon was, I was going to guess that one too, because Starcadian kills that track. Yeah. Um, But what's what was interesting was that all these singles were released like two weeks before the album came out, which is not something artists do a lot. Like, they do it like months leading up so that like you're kind of like you've got them in your mind. They're coming up on your release radar and then the album comes out and you're like, oh, OK, I already know I like a few songs. But they right. just like 13 days before they're like, oh, we should probably release some songs. And I, from yeah. what I've read, they are like self-released, right? That They're not a I part of like so. a record label. They're not very big. So I assume they're uh, they, if they're not on a very small record label. It makes sense that they're independently released. Yeah, at, at least when you click on their Spotify and you go to the bottom of an album, it just says like twerp. It doesn't say released by or anything like that. So if they are self-released, it makes a lot of sense because, you know, I can't imagine a record label being like, ooh, 80s synth space pop. <laughs> Let's do it again. <laughs> yeah, we've been, we've been really looking for that uh, retro future funk. Uh but um, do you want my opening thoughts? I, I kind of want to go yeah. first. Yeah, go ahead. Um, yeah, I I went into this album thinking, you know, we'd heard I'd heard probably four songs of this by now, um, just from songs of the show and singles coming up on my release radar. I know Bright Blue Sky came on, uh, Superior Moves, Planet Bass. Um, I can't remember if anyone else picked one for a song of the show, but it just I don't think so. It felt like they were always on our mind since since this album came out, and I wasn't sure how I was going to feel about a full album because, like I said, you know, it's it kind of feels like something that could grow stale. But they, this is one of the few albums that the more you listen to it critically, the more you enjoy it. Because on the surface, like I listened to it while I was mowing the grass, there are certain songs that I'm like, I can't fucking stand this song, and then I listened to it critically, and I was like, oh no, I just. If you can't hear everything, then it doesn't work as well, you know? Right, um, right. So I, I I think this album deserves, like, headphones in or in the car at night, jamming it. And this is this has your undivided attention. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I totally agree. I think, I think you're spot on. I think if you're just listening to it at a surface level, it's just kind of, it is what it is, right? It's just kind of weird, you know, synth funk you know what i mean but i mean if you listen to like especially commander meowch their bassist um i should explain their names real quick so their lead singer is dr sung their lead guitarist is lord phobos their their bassist is the commander meowch and their drummer is hava hogan or have hogan 
Um, they're all different. They have a backstory. They're all different, from different parts of space. I think Dr. Song blew up Lord Phobos's planet or something. I don't know. It's a weird convoluted backstory that you get from joke fans. Um, it's, it's not dissimilar to Guar, honestly. Uh, but anyway, like I was saying, Commander Meowch fucking destroys every single track on this. He's such a good bassist, man. And they really focus on him on this album, too. Like, this is his album. This this feels like a Commander Meowch side project almost because he just shreds. I mean, Planet Bass is just a showcase for him. So, uh, yeah, man, it's I think you're spot on where you have to if you want to get more than just the fun out of it and actually get the musicianship and how good they are at just making a normal song just a little bit spicier uh you really have to give it like your undivided attention listen to it on a good pair of speakers or some headphones yeah yeah because it'll totally change the way you listen to the album for sure mm-hmm. the first time mm-hmm. i listened to it I, like i said i was mowing the grass and i was like i don't know i don't i don't i don't know i'll come back to it and i was driving around the other night and i put it on and i was like Oh shit, like the bass rips. It's not something you can necessarily hear if you're mowing or something. And mm-hmm. yeah, it was uh I was like, damn, this changes everything. Yeah, yeah, man. It's it's they're really, really good for being a joke band. They're all really they're I, I wouldn't call them world class, but what they do they're really fucking good at. Mm-hmm. Um so yeah, I mean, you wanna just hop right into it then? Let's do it. All right. We'll start off with a fusion reactor. Uh, it's a good, it's a perfect intro for what Twerp is. It's good for veterans and newbies alike. You know exactly what you're getting. And immediately you can tell if you've listened to some of their older stuff, there's just a more, there's a cleaner polish to the sound in this album. And yeah, and you really kind of, you, you really start to hear Commander Meowch just absolutely shredding on bass. I mean, he's, he lays down, this really just incredible bed of bass in every single song. It's complicated. It's, I don't know. It's, it's everything I want from a band like this, you know? So it's just, a, it's a cool, cool open. It's, it's, it's retro futurism and I, I love it. Yeah. It, it, it definitely reminds you of like a, like what we always thought the future would be back in the eighties. And mm-hmm. that's, I think we had that same feeling like back to the future when they went to 2025 or, or 2015, wherever they went. Yeah. Um, it, it has that same feeling. Um, but it almost sounds like a uh, space invader in the intro. And I was like trying to look up the sounds of space invader. It's not exactly the same, but it, it leads us into that big first track. And I love coming out the gate with big synth, big bass. Um, and it just felt like everyone was on their a game. Like, They'd been practicing, and you know, you guys had seen them back in what the fall, and yeah, we went went and saw them right before this album released, I think. And that's you know, it feels like they've really wanted to like hone their craft while they were off on COVID and everything. So, um, yeah, the the thing I really like about this album that I I think is just clever, and it doesn't have to be done, is we get instrumental tracks in track one, five, and 10. So you get a beginning, middle, and end to kind of let you know where you're at in this story. Mm-hmm. Like just f- feeling-wise, it doesn't tell you necessarily, but like this is you coming in through like a meteor shower and you're like landing wherever you're going to land for this story. And halfway through, you end up on a planet. And then at the very end, um, 
you know, you feel like you're astronauts leaving this planet again. And even if you don't know what the lyrics are talking about for the whole whole entire album, you still get that feeling of beginning, middle and end for a story. Yeah. Yeah, totally. And I'll talk about it some more too. They're masters of album construction and song construction. It just, again, it, it sounds simple on the surface, but if you, if you listen to it with a critical ear, you can tell they know what they're doing. Uh, they they know they need to punch up their songs a little bit, and they do it in just the coolest little ways. It's not, I don't. It's just, it's not virtuosic, but it's it's virtuosic in its construction. If that makes any sense, yeah. Uh, it's it's just they're really good, man. <laughs> For a joke band, they're really fucking good. They got chops. Yeah. Um. Track two, bright blue sky. Hmm. Um. This is a single uh, I had heard before the album. It was the first single released. Um, it's got classic twerp sound. Um, is that a vo? What did we decide it was? A vocalizer? Uh, yeah, it's not a vocorder. It's just, I think it's I don't I don't know what it is. It's it's cool. Yeah, <laughs> whatever it is. Um, whatever it is, it sounds like techno from the nineties. Um, it's got like a, a disco sound with that that. The same old. Uh, I want to call it something. I'm gonna call it a vocalizer for the rest of the for the rest of the episode. Sure. Um, we. I think we all like this song because I just want you to know I got your back here, bro. Yeah. It said I just want you to know <laughs> I got your back here, bro. It's just so so goofy. And it's the only thing I think in the in this song that's said without that little vocalizer. So like it sears into your brain. So I thought that was really fun. Um, it's got a really captivating pre-chorus. Um, and the construction of the song doesn't have a traditional chorus. So the build up to a chorus that never comes is really fun. And then, uh, we get keys and a guitar solo. And then, um, at the very end, they like layer in some normal vocals with the vocalizer. And I think that is just they probably weren't listening to us criticizing the vocalizer, at least me. They probably don't care how I feel about it. But this album, it felt like any time they spent too much time with a vocalizer, they moved right away from it. Or they had a, a, someone come on and do like a guest spot or something. You know, that they did a really good job of not letting that thing wear out its welcome. Yeah, I mean, we talked about that on our last episode about them. They do a really good job of sprinkling in features because they know it's a gimmick and they know like dr sung uses whatever that tool is because he wants to sound like a robot and they want to sound retro futuristic and uh i think they know that a gimmick is a gimmick and they know when to kind of scale back all their gimmicks again they're they're geniuses of constructing songs and you know that's why i think they kick ass they know exactly who they are they don't pretend to be anything different and they're all really really good like they're really good they're they're good musicians they uh, really are yeah uh and it, this this song sounds like an '80s aerobics class, you know what I mean? I could see women in those like the leg warmers and the neon green and pink tights doing like a weird step routine to this. <laughs> you know, it's it's really cool, and I think you get that whole feeling, this bounciness through the whole song, where it's you can see people in a big mirrored room doing aerobics, but then you get this what I call the underwater section, where he slows it down and he goes bright blue sky. And that lasts for a little bit, but the, you know, got a, you get a Lord Phobos guitar solo, solo right before that. And then they kick it right back up with like this soaring 
end to the song. Uh, they, and they just make me smile, man. This song is really positive. It's about, you know, rolling with the punches and being there for your bros. And it's just, they're uplifting, man. It's, I think that's the, uh, the, the main undertone of everything twerk does is they just want to want people to have fun and they want people to feel good about themselves. And I don't know. And also the video is incredible. Ben, Ben geeked out about this, uh, when he first discovered it and couldn't, couldn't show it. He showed it to everybody who would take this a second to sit down and watch the video. I mean, it's great. Uh, we, we discovered, we watched it right before we went to go see him. And Ben was like, if, if Dr. Song doesn't use nunchucks on stage, like he does in this video, I'm going to be upset. And he did. So <laughs> yeah, exactly. Wipe the sweat off the brow there. Uh, I'm, I'm sure Dr. Song was really, really, pining for Ben's approval on his nunchucks. Um, but <laughs> yeah, it's just a great, great song. And it's, 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 if you know what twerp is, this is exactly what they are. Uh, but yeah, moving on to uh, track number three here, found your love featuring diamond Cafe. excuse me, diamond cafe. Uh, and we already talked about this a little bit, but as good as the band is, all of their features just elevate everything that the rest of the band does to like another level. It, it lets you know that if they really did want to focus on making like a Silk Sonic type of album and blow up, they could if they wanted to because they, they have all of the chops. And there's a right before the, the song starts proper, there's just this nice little bass slide down the neck. It's just so fucking sexy, man. It's And it's stuff like that that elevates these songs from being just like very like level like normal funk pop they do just little little hints little dashes of spice like that that just elevate these songs uh and again while we're talking about the bass i mean again i'm gonna say it maybe every single song commander meowch destroys the bass in in the song and yeah i even talks about how diamond cafe brings like a silk sonic feel and it makes this track feel super modern, even though it's very, very old sounding. And then, you know, when we do get Dr. Sung for the chorus, it feels better because you've got that that bass in like a clean vocal. So again, it kind of elevates even Dr. Sung's uh, vocal or whatever vocal device he's using. And it turns what is just a disco track into like it's what I call the Daft Punk disco. You know, it, this has the, they're very clearly influenced by Daft Punk and their whole uh, electronica sound, and it really stands out in a lot in a few of these tracks, specifically this one. It, it, it's you can tell they they love Daft Punk and you know the kind of vocals that they used in a lot of their tracks. Yeah, yeah, I, I, the same. I said the same thing about Silk Sonic. Like this felt like it should have been included on the Silk Sonic album. Um, the vocal feature. Sh- it should have been the only vocals I think on this song, honestly. I, really, I, I felt like the other vocals were kind of out of place for the this style of song. Sure. Um, it was like funky disco, and then it was just like, then you get this vocalizer out of nowhere, and you're like, ah. like, oh, that's right. See, that I don't know. I kind of like it where you get the found your love. I know, it lends that kind of Daft Punk feel to it. I think that's probably why I like it. Yeah. And, and I get why you like it. I just, for me, it was like, it t- kind of took me out of the song. Cause I was like, sure. Ooh, I'm skating. And it's like, it's almost like someone came out of nowhere there and they were like, hi there, pizza's done on. 
<laughs> come get your pizza. You're like, oh, that's right. I am at the skating rink. I'm not, I'm not skating with a, a hottie. I'm skating by myself, <laughs> and my pizza's ready. <laughs> um, you ready to do track four? Yeah, let's let's hop in. <laughs> Superior moves. Uh, this is uh, another song that we knew before before we did this album. I forget who. I think it was you that picked it for some reason or another. Yeah, I can't song I like of the it. show probably. Um, it's got a plucky guitar. Um, we're back in like the star starship sounding uh, music and the ooze that they do uh, throughout like the yes. Oh man, it just gives it such a cool feel. It's like the the funk bled over from the last song into this song. Um, I really like that they say the name of the album on this track, and I, I said everyone drink because it feels yeah. like anytime that happens, we're like, ah, he said it. He said the word. He said new and improved. Yeah, they, yeah, they say it right before the title of the track too. So. <laughs> Um, and definitely without a doubt, the guitars on this track are the standout because, um, the drums I think are like purposefully just kind of going at like a normal pace and not doing anything crazy, but the guitars just go absolutely insane. Yeah. Yeah. And I I really hope, I love this little guitar or the piano intro. And I really hope Dr. Sun plays that on his guitar, his guitar live. The doom, 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 doom. It's just a really cool, like, jazzy bass line or like uh, piano riff. Uh, and again, I think, I think you're right. Lord Phobos and Commander Meowch are having a conversation during this song. And it's, it's really cool to listen to. It's, it's, a, it's a common thing in jazz. It's an improvisational, improvisational thing where you have conversations with the musicians around you. And uh, without sounding too much like a snooty jazz guy, I think that's really cool. I, it's it's different than just playing like with each other. They're actually like their instruments are talking to each other and they're reacting off of each other, and it's really really cool to listen to. On what is what if you again if you listen to it at the surface level, it's just kind of a slow mid tempo like jazz track. But I again I'm really blown away by just these little touches again they could have just played a regular jazz track or like just a standard like kind of regular jazzy jazz inspired thing but they really went heavy into jazz for this and it's i don't know it's really cool man it's it's delicate but it's it's forceful in the same way like the the little guitar parts they give lord phobos that like those are really cool uh, but it's really more about the conversation that's happening between all the musicians. And I talk about it later too. Um, Hava Hogan is, he's like Ringo in a way where he's the perfect drummer for this band specifically, where he, he is just the metronome. And I think he, he allows the rest of the band to play as much as they do. And it makes it special. Oh, shit, I hit the mic. So hopefully that doesn't come nah, through I, terribly. I, I didn't pick it up. Uh, okay. Yeah. Th- there were certain songs where like, it just felt like he found little, little spots where he could just like, find his little groove but a lot of times he does a really good job of just like not being boring but still like keeping a good tempo for everyone else to like be able to do and shine yeah yeah i got another great track it's it's we haven't gotten too weird yet and we'll, we'll get there by the end of the album mm-hmm. but again we're, we're just getting uh really solid tracks here man really solid retro future funk and jazz it's it's really cool stuff but into what is my favorite song of the album planet bass uh featuring 
Alex Bukala. Um, I've already spent pretty much every song on this album jerking off Commander Meowch. So you know a song called Planet Bass is going to make me blow my load. And it, this is. I already talked about it a little bit. It's just a showcase for our lion-headed bass maestro. He's his 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 outfit i think is the funniest because it's just him in a blue suit like a blue morph suit with a lion head and a like a captain's hat and sunglasses it's it's they're all crazy but his is just it's almost like he's like well i've got a lion head and some sunglasses and this weird hat i guess i'm commander meowch yeah it, it reminds <laughs> me of animorphs from like yeah 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 for sure man uh but yeah, it's 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 really. Lord Phobos gets some some time to noodle around and do some cool stuff, but it's really just to support everything that Commander Meowth is doing on the bass. He just absolutely is gut busting this entire track. It's it, it sounds like every '80s movie where a bunch of kids are like running through the streets and having a good time, but just way bassier. You know what I mean? Mm. It's 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 like a beginning of the movie where nothing has gone wrong yet. We haven't hit the the inciting action, and they're all just having a good time in the summer. Uh, and we're a bass positive podcast, and we've we've made that that very clear. So a four minute bass showcase is exactly what we needed, and I wish it was longer. <laughs> so. yeah. It it definitely could be longer too. I mean, yeah. The, I love, I love, love, love the 80s flight attendant letting us know we're landing on planet base. Oh my God. That was like, it made you nostalgic for the 80s, even though I wasn't alive for the 80s. I was like, damn, I feel like I'm I'm beginning like an infomercial. Like when you wake up in the yeah. middle of the night in a cold sweat and you're like, ah, oh, what's going on? And it's like, yeah. welcome to planet base or even like, welcome to Jurassic Park. It almost felt like that. Yeah. yeah. Um, uh, yeah, the bass gets his own his own track to like really showcase. Like you said, he's been doing it the whole album, but to get his own song and it's a good intermission for the album. It's almost like, you know, we're we're between acts one and two, so they wanted to find a good way to like split the album up. Um, the bass rips, and it felt like at times it could have been straight from like a Huey Lewis. And the news band, um, mm-hmm. which is Huey Lewis. I was very close to picking one of his albums for next week, but I, f- I listened to it a few times and I was like, I don't know if I love Huey Lewis enough to do it for a, <laughs> yeah. do a full album. Yeah. Um, but it's, it, I think it's because I hear that synth and you know the drums kind of remind me of it. Everything about it is like, like you said, um, the inciting action in an '80s movie. Which my favorite '80s movie is Back to the Future. So that's probably why my mind went to Huey Lewis. So, yeah, right. Uh, and I've been watching uh, an anime called Space Dandy, and it's you know this reminds me of pulling into one of the weird spaceports in that show. That uh, planet base could absolutely exist in Space Dandy. So, uh, yeah, it's really really cool. Uh, but yeah, next up, digitally yours. Um, yeah, digitally yours. I'm gonna con- contradict myself a bit here. Um, I'm gonna start by saying I don't really care for this song. But it also feels like a Daft Punk middle album song. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm not sure what the lyrics even mean for this song. I, like, I'm digitally yours. Yeah, I was hoping uh, you can explain it to me. Um, no, I don't. I don't. I don't listen to lyrics. You know. <laughs> but uh, the two minute mark uh, instrumental break is probably the best part about this song. 
it's almost perfectly in the middle of the song because I think it's four minute track. And at the two mm-hmm. minute mark, they just like completely break what they were doing in the entire song. And then they get right back to where the song was. And I didn't care for the rest of the song, but to get that little nugget right in the middle of the song was kind of cool. Yeah, I mean, I kind of have similar thoughts where this is just kind of a nice mid-album breather. It's it's definitely our palate cleanser after Planet Bass, which is a you know a four minute bass ripper. But it, it it it's it saves itself from being that having that mid-album stanker because they are so good at sprinkling in little shit here and there. It, it's. It could be very. It is. I mean, it is forgettable, right? With uh, with everything around it, it's kind of forgettable. But they keep it from being a total write off by doing some really cool shit. Just again, little dashes of spice here and there. And I made the, I made the analogy in my notes of it's like you cooking a steak versus your friend who's worked in a kitchen cooking a steak. They're both basically the same thing. But the one guy just knows how to add little extra t- touches and flares here and there, and it just tastes a little bit nicer. You know what I mean? Yeah. It, it, that's the that's the best metaphor I could come up with. <laughs> no, because like, again, it. I mean, go ahead. I work I work in a firehouse, and that's the same thing. Like, there's certain people that can make a meal, and you're like, God, this is so good, and it's so easy to make. And then you go home and try and make it, and you're like what's missing what am i doing wrong like yeah, th- yeah. Th- it should work because i'm using the same ingredients but they just somehow have the touch that i don't and i think exactly. that's exactly what you're saying yeah i get it yeah I, it's it's their musicianship and they're 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 very aware of how how their songs feel and i think they do a really good job of just throwing shit in here and there to kind of you know boost your attention back up class i mean classical composers know that we're very aware of that too like they knew their shit was long they knew it could get boring so they had to throw in shit to make it interesting and that's those are the little sound bites you hear from every classical piece are the those interesting bits in between like the nice flowing melodies and stuff so it's it's a really really interesting uh, bit of mastery in a in a what is a joke band so i, I even though i don't you know love this track i don't hate it uh, it's just kind of a, a, a track that's there to give you a breather. It still does some really cool shit, and I don't know. It's it's cool. I I love shit like this. Yeah. So, uh, moving on to Polygon with Starcadian. This is my favorite song on the album. I'm gonna yeah, say it, it was, before we even talk about. It. Yeah, it's it was between this and Planet Base for me. I just I'm I've been listening to a lot of instrumental stuff right recently. So and a lot of lo-fi stuff. So, you know. Planet Base was had the the leg up already just based on my mood, but yeah, man. It, again, like I said earlier, every time there's a feature vocalist, it just elevates the rest of the band because they become more than just a joke band, more than just a, a shtick. They become an, a legitimately good funk outfit, and it's it's Starcadians has such a dope vibe. It's like an an edgy ex rocker who's branching out into something like a, a, a type of music that he's never done before, but it has a huge passion for, you know what I mean? It's, mm-hmm. it's, it, it feels like a passion project for, for Starcadian because he absolutely destroys this track. And this might come from me playing a bunch of cyberpunk 2077 recently, but it feels very much like a, a CD club, like a club, not a dive bar, but not like an upscale club kind of somewhere in the middle where like a bunch of mercenaries and bounty hunters coalesce. And this is the band. This is like the house band that plays. 
you know, it's got neon lights. It's kind of nice, but you know, people are getting in fist fights in the in the the corner. Somebody's you know making a, a sketchy deal over in the other corner, and it's got a it's got a bit of an edge to it. That's the kind of the vibe this this song gives me, and it's 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 just a great way to jump in after a, a you know pretty pedestrian palate cleanser. It's really high energy, and I love the instrumental outro. It feels like the law finally caught up to Starcadian, and the band was like, well, the show must go on, so let's play this him escaping. Like, the energy picks up, and it feels very much like he's hopping in a spaceship and just blasting off and warping away from the, the space cops. Yeah, it, it reminded me very similarly of Guardians of the Galaxy, where he's, mm-hmm. like, the first one where he's, like, going to that that shitty barn. He's trying to track down his, like, adopted father and... I forget he's trying to like pay a bounty. I I can't rem- remember exactly what happens, but it, they leave like in a fight, and then he hops in the starship and takes off. And that's like I'm, I would love to see this song like played in a montage over that. Yeah, hundred percent, man. It, it's funny that we got the same vibe just in from different references. That's it's really cool. Yeah. Um, it, it the song makes you feel like we've re-entered space. The vocals are interesting because it seems like the feature wanted to use the same vocalizer but he's just a little bit more baritone and Mm -hmm. i thought that was so cool was just like if you were annoyed with the vocalizer what if we did it a little bit deeper (laughs) you know (laughs) it's like is it annoying or is the high pitch annoying um we get the best chorus on the album uh lead me on cut me like a polygon yeah i probably said that a hundred times this week and it's part <laughs> I I was doing some stream of consciousness writing. Actually, this might be my best my favorite song on the album. It's got an eighties rock guitar solo and some hard hitting drums, especially at the end, um, yeah. when it felt like a call to action. And yeah, this song just like it's probably the one I listened to the most this week, and it's my favorite for sure. Yeah, for sure, man. It, it's a great, great track. And it re- again, it just really showcases what they can do. So. Yeah. Uh, Whisper on the Breeze. Track number eight, Whisper on the Breeze. Um, the 80s synth pop is back. And I totally get why I've been having like a a call to Huey Lewis because this song is another one that really felt like a, a Huey Lewis-inspired song. Um, this song could be about 90 seconds shorter. And I don't know if it's because sure. we are at track eight and we've had so many four-minute songs that like an 80s synth pop didn't need to be four minutes but then again like it's not you're not like waiting for the song to end it's just like this song felt like it could have been over 90 seconds ago yeah i get that i mean i skipped the end of this song when i was taking my notes listen because i just i found myself just kind of rehashing a lot of the points i've already made in the episode like about how hob hogan is just there to be he's not giving much room to show off he's ringo um they're master craftsmen uh yeah stuff like that i you know i i let off my notes with talking about how they piss me off because they have no business being as good as they are because i know they'll never get any bigger they're just too weird you know what i mean they, they're fully committed to that that weirdness and it, it kind of pisses me off because i know they'll never get any bigger even though they deserve to be bigger because they have the absolute they're they're better than a lot of the bands that are out on the radio right now by, by miles uh it's just they're so committed to their shtick that i which is again, I respect that. If that's what you want to do, I mean, I talked about it for weeks now. Like, if, as long as you commit to something, and you're you're so deep into it that it that is what you want to do, I'm gonna love it. 
you know, even if I don't necessarily like it, I'm going to love it. I wonder um, what separates them from Guar because Guar is very popular for a metal band. Yeah, I mean, if you talk to nine out of ten people, nine out of ten people on the street are not going to know who Guar is either. You know what I mean? I mean, ten out of ten probably won't know who Torp is, but it's not like Guar is huge. It's it's they're huge within the metal community because the metal community is very self insulated. You know what I mean? They're they're very protective of their stuff. It's a much larger community than I'm assuming the retro future punk community or funk community is. Um, they're just more niche, I think, within their own genre. So that's probably why. You feel that way, I would think. Um, yeah. But I don't know. I mean, they, they are similar, certainly story-wise, um, not sonically at all. But I, yeah. I see what you're saying. Like, why are they? Why do they not have a bigger cult following than they do? Why are they not playing bigger shows? Stuff like that. But I think it is because they're so they are niche within a niche. Yeah. So, but I mean, there's also like avenues like TikTok that could get them bigger. You know. True, but even their TikTok, it's more just Doctor Song being weird. Yeah, <laughs> so, um, but that's how we found they, them. Yeah, exactly. I mean, apparently they said something disparaging about BTS, and the next day it was just Doctor Song swinging his nunchucks around. He's like, after you go on international TV talking crap about BTS, he's just swinging his nunchucks. It's just, it's so they're so weird and, and goofy. I love it. Uh, but yeah, but it's, it, as far as the actual song goes, like you feel like you're listening to just kind of like a standard twerp track, but then you get like these really punchy like bass hits and you don't get bass hits a whole lot. Like I talked about horn hits a couple weeks or last, no, two weeks ago with uh, Silk Sonic and how much I love horn hits. So getting bass hits to kind of give this really cool syncopation to this track. I don't know. It just again, it's the, that little dash of spice that makes it a, what could be an ordinary track into something really special. Hell yeah, yeah! For a track eight, I thought it was really fun. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I, Kevin, I have nothing nice to say about track nine. Can we skip it? Uh, I'll talk about it. Okay. It's it's it is very goofy, um, but it's a direct ripoff of Giorgio Barmaroto from Random Access Memories, right down to the, to the how he introduces the guy introduces the this is a Canadian astronaut Chris Hadfield is. Um, they drop the beat out. They say my name is Chris Hadfield, and I've been to space three times or something like that. And then they they bring the music back up, but the music that they use is very kind of cowpokey. It's almost childish in a way. Um, and I think it works because this guy is a space cowboy, right? But it's still, it almost feels like they're kind of making fun of him, telling a pretty cool story where like his ship was breaking up in the atmosphere as they were in re entry. And it was, um, it's just really weird. Uh, I think what happened is they had a, they were messing around in the studio, had made like a goofy cowpokey slide guitar y weird country track they just never recorded any vocals for it and then they just stuck this interview over top of it and then kind of fleshed it out towards the end um it's it's a weird track but again i think they they did it as a a nod to random access memories because it is just georgia run rotor just far worse <laughs> yeah uh I, I don't have anything nice to say about it. It's what maybe <laughs> i made it eight songs into the album when i was mowing and this came on and i was like what the fuck am I listening to? Yeah, well, I know you hate spoken word too, so this isn't yeah. your jam. Yeah, everything about it was just like. 
yeah, this it's very it's it's very childish. It'd be whereas, fun if it was like a minute interlude, but this is like a three and a half minute song. It's three it's three minutes, yeah, because I think that's just how long the interview was. So they just that's what I was talking about. Like towards the end, you can hear them where they're like, okay this is the end of the track we had recorded let's flesh it out a little bit because it changes slightly um yeah it's 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 bad whereas georgia by marauder on random access memories is really really good it might be my favorite track on the album uh yeah it's it's a strange strange way to end this album especially leading into terraform the last song which is also really kind of strange but i'll it's, it's your turn to talk so go ahead yeah, I, I think if you take 10 big swings and only one misses, that's still, you know, that's still crazy good. Um, Terraform featuring Magic Sword. Um, this intro, like I mentioned earlier, is like montage music for like astronauts walking out to a ship, like every space movie ever. I really got like mm -hmm. Apollo 13 um, or Apollo 11. I can't remember which one. Um, the drums start doubling their kick pattern and it ends up being like a really fun instrumental to end kind of similarly to the way we started. And I think this song, I, I think I like this song because Stranger Things season four just came out and it felt like it could be like a montage to all the action scenes and Stranger Things. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's very much like this is a song that's ripped out of from big, big trouble, in little China. You know yes. what I mean? It's it. And you said it earlier too, but the best way to describe twerp is how people in the eighties thought the year 2020 would sound. And yes. that's exactly it's exactly what this track is. It's a hundred percent that sound. If you have any idea of what that might sound like, it's this. And uh, the drum machines, I hate '80s drum machines, but it works here. Uh, the the there's wacky synth all over the place, and that feels like a racist depiction of Asian people, but in like a charming '80s kind of way. You know what I mean? Kind of like Big Trouble in Little China. Yeah. It's like <laughs> it's very Asian inspired, but in a kind of a racist way where not like it was, it's mean spirited. We just didn't know much about Asian culture back in the 80s and early 90s. So it all kind of sounded very, <laughs> very much the same. Um, but yeah, Lord Phobos finally comes in at like, I don't know, kind of towards the midpoint and does some just really cool shredding over the thinly veiled 80s racism. And it, it takes it really takes it home. Uh, and we even get an eagle screech during this little guitar part. And it almost becomes overkill. Like I towards the end of the song, I was like, they're really pushing my limits here of how how much they're leaning into the cheese of the 80s here. It, it's a really, really bold way to end an album. And they almost pushed me past my limit, but they didn't, which I really, really enjoy. And it's, you know, it's, I like when stuff challenges me like that. And it's not like it was like in the same way that like, in, you know, freeform jazz will challenge you or it's like, this is hard to listen to, but I can tell there's a nugget of goodness in there. It was just, they were going, they were leaning so hard into their shtick. And I was like, Oh God, don't push me any farther. Cause I'm going to hate this song. And, but they didn't, they never got to that point. And it was, I don't know. I, I really enjoy being challenged by music like that. I always like how albums end because it feels like this could be at any moment, this could be their last album, you know? And mm -hmm. so like if they're going all out for their last song, I kind of appreciate that because they're like, this might be it, you know, like yeah. what if we decide to stop doing this? So we might as well go all out and do all the stupid stuff like the Eagle screech. They're probably like, 
you know what? I've always wanted an eagle screech in a song. <laughs> so if you throw that yes. in the last song and it feels like almost like a parade or a culmination of the entire album, I always like stuff like that. Yeah, me too. And I think, like I said, I, it, it, I didn't end up not liking it, but I was, I could feel myself being very close to not liking it. I mean, if that, uh, if, if, they had, if that was like a track nine moment, we'd be like, Oh Jesus, just let the album end. Yeah. Yeah. And it's it, again, to bring up random access memories again, the last track on that album is very, has a great finality to it. And I don't know if they knew that was going to be their last track ever, but kind of what you're talking about going out every album with a bang because the future is never promised i think that's so cool and i think that's why this terraform feels really cool to me even though it pushed my my limits it feels it just it's like we're leaving it all out here Mm -hmm. this is everything we've got left we're going to be slightly racist with eagle screeches and terrible drums and we're just going to really lean into what we are and i really really love it i dig it man yeah um yeah, I guess just kind of swiftly going into my closing thoughts, it's it's what what I wanted from this album was exactly what I got. Mm-hmm. Was some twerp, some fun summer music, and it's been like almost abusively hot outside. So <laughs> to have something this fun and like lighthearted was was nice to drive around in, but you have to have the AC cranked, so you also have to have to have the music loud and it kind of made me appreciate this album quite a bit. So I appreciate you pushing me into this for a second time because, you know, I thought it was going to be like a, you know, we've been talking about twerp for a while, so of course I'm going to like it, you know. I've heard little nuggets, but even, you know, this, I've heard maybe four of these songs before I listened to this album, I still wasn't sure. I just don't Mm -hmm. know why I keep thinking there's going to be a day I won't like twerp, but if they keep going the pace they're going, I'm going to love everything they do. Well, it's so much different from the stuff that you personally listen to, right? So you, it's gonna—it's not like it's—it's it's a natural fit for you. Uh, so I, I get your trepidation with it, but you know, charm and talent wins out at the end. You know what I mean? So yeah, uh, but and yeah, I, man, I'm, I'm always open-minded too. Like yeah, th- when I hear this and I want to listen to Huey Lewis, like I don't listen to Huey Lewis on a regular basis, but it made me like almost pick an album. Because I was like, I'm digging the vibes, you know? What if we just did Huey Lewis and just rounded it out, you know? But, yep. yeah, sorry, go ahead. Yeah, no, I, it's worth fucking rocks, man. I mean, that's all I have to say about it, really. They're forever going to be one of my favorite musical discoveries because I had no concept of what they were. I just liked their album art and took a chance on it. And I ended up absolutely loving it. And it it warms my heart that Ben has become like a twerp super fan as well. Uh, It it always warms my heart when I find something and then somebody else ends up liking it just as much, if not more than I do. So it makes me feel good. It's kind of the reason we do this podcast to kind of introduce people to, you know, stuff that they might not listen to otherwise. Uh, Yeah, man. And like I said, it's a lot of me just re rehashing what I've already talked about and, I'm just always surprised by how good they are, how great of music, musical art architects they are, both in album construction and song construction. And those two work in perfect harmony because their song construction makes their album construction better and vice versa. So, yeah, they're just, I mean, they're, they're really good. I, I just, I almost don't want them to become a mainstream success because they feel really good 
where they're at. You know what I mean? It's it, it, it's like those bands where you're like, this is my band. Yeah. Like the, I, it's how I feel about Thank You Scientist. Like Thank You Scientist is my band. Like I, <laughs> uh, Louis introduced them to me, but I, I I adopted them as my son, and now. I've never met anybody outside of this podcast that's listened to Thank You Scientist or knows about them. So it's still feel, they still feel super special to me. And Twerp has that same kind of feeling for me. Um, just to close it out, they're a must follow on TikTok. Their lead singer, Dr. Song, is unhinged. Uh, and long live funk, baby. Yeah. Yeah. Funk is alive and well. And that, yeah, 80, I, mean, I think that 80s nostalgia is really a chord that could strike anyone. Like Zoe. Yeah. Zoe's in a huge like '80s fashion, '80s and '90s fashion. I think everyone is after watching Stranger Things. Like, there's yeah. an entire line of just selling all the Stranger Things clothes, which I didn't know about. And I think anyone, this is accessible to pretty much anyone, whether they like the surface level songs or they they want to get down with the bass. You know, there's just so much that I think is accessible to all people because we like it because we're music we're music nerds. If it if it has like lore or you could tell there's something where these guys care about music as much as we do, we're gonna be into it. You know what I mean? Yep. So I think it's not just for nerds. It's it's for pretty much anyone. You just have to be willing to to put it on the first time. Yeah, it's uh, yeah. Twerp is for everyone. It, it's like uh, Wu Tang is for the children, kind of. Yeah. <laughs> What, what what was that TikTok where the the guy was working at a music venue and he's like, "There's a band called Tupperware Remix Party that's playing here. They're all wearing weird outfits." Yeah, yeah. And he talked about how some girl like asked if she could bring her sword in. He's like, "Yeah, it's a plastic sword, so it's fine." He was just like this this typical what you expect your typical country big white bouncer to be. He's like, "I don't know. I got this." He said their name wrong. He said Remix Tupperware Party. I don't know anything about them, but they do this. They dress up in this weird stuff. It was, it's, I don't know. It really made me laugh knowing as much as I do about Swerp, seeing somebody who knows nothing about them, having to be exposed to them all of a sudden is, it's, was really funny. It was like the first time you heard your grandparents say Chipotle. <laughs> <laughs> That's what it felt like. <laughs> <laughs> you been to that Chipotle yet? <laughs> They said their guacamole is a dollar sixty. That's ridiculous. Oh yeah, that's perfect. It's a hundred percent. That's exactly what it was. <laughs> it was it was a fish out of water trying to explain their surroundings. Yeah. That's so funny. Um, let's do songs of the show. Sure. I've got a uh, Benji's email pulled up. It feels like every week I read your brother's email and then you read Louis. Um, that's fine. Uh, Benji says song of the show submission. Hey, boys, good to be back in the swing of things. Love the introspection last week, capped off by some light treason. Uh, referencing our song, my song on the show from last week, which was still one of my favorite things. I still love that song. Um, yeah, I've listened, I've listened to it, you know, probably 400 times, more yeah. just to hear my own voice. <laughs> the My on-repeat playlist, it's number like two or three on there. Um, <laughs> yeah. But to continue the email, and of course I love seeing Twerp back in the queue. I think my submission kind of blends the vibes from the last two weeks. And Stole the Show by Kygo. It's a mid-tempo track with some deeper lyrics that's still fun to dance to. It's right in Kygo's wheelhouse as one of the forces behind Tropical House becoming a thing. 
It's one I love to spend when the weather's hot and I feel like vibing out. Off the beaten cleft for life, Benji, Columbus, Ohio. Um, I think Kygo is one that I've heard quite a bit on my own. He comes up mm-hmm. a lot, like um, collaborating with artists that I'm familiar with. I really like the tropical, tropical kind of feel that he he brings, and especially this time of year, it kind of blends the uh, the area that me and Ben enjoy together. Yeah, yeah, it's it's kind of like the perfect blend of yours and Ben's tastes. And yeah, it's a really cool track. Like, I've kind of fallen out of my EDM stuff. Like, I don't listen to it near as much as I used to. But getting a little hit of it every now and again, especially something of this quality, makes me miss it big time. So I may I may get back into an EDM kick at some point, especially if the weather stays at ninety eight degrees and above. Yeah, <laughs> mixed. You know, with with violent thunderstorms mixed in every couple of days. It's it's been a weird summer already. Yeah. Um, but yeah, no, I love this track. It's again, I, again, I'm not as heavy into EDM as I was even like a couple months ago. Uh, I, I just fall out of love with it every now and again, looking for something a little bit lower energy. Again, I've been, I went from classical to lo-fi to, you know, whatever my song of the show. Um, but uh, real quick before we get into Louis, I want to mention my my best friend since third grade, Adam Smith. He he asked. He specifically asked, texted me. He's like, "Hey, do you do all kinds of music on your podcast?" I'm like, "Yeah, dude. You submit something, and we'll talk about it." So he actually some he actually had some hardcore bands that he talked about that you might know. So we'll talk about that in a second. But he some he submit first, uh, "Goodwill Hunting" by Black Country, New Road, um, and it's a really cool kind of like rock folk song. And I I don't know if you listen to it or not, Bill, yeah. but it's it's really really good and again i'm he adam has been really into folk for a very long time now and so this made a lot of sense to me knowing knowing adam and but it's it's different from a lot of the stuff that i know he listens to so for me personally it was cool to hear his tastes kind of changing over the years but outside of that i really enjoyed this kind of more of a rocky folk it almost felt like it could have been on our bolos and and marlboros playlist it has yeah, very that like so. very westerny, folky vibe, and the first time I listened to it, I was like, "What the hell? Like, what is this?" And on subsequent listens, I really enjoyed it. I like mm-hmm. the Goodwill Hunting uh, al- uh, track name too, so I thought that was really cool. And uh, yeah, cool. Uh, so yeah, we'll get into Louis's pick. So his email this week is titled "Get Funky." He said, oh boy, the world could use more twerp right now. Thank you. Thank you, too, for providing it. Uh, my song of the show is Come Down by Anderson Pack. I found this after getting into Silk Sonic last year and again after the pod. Uh, it's funky and groovy with a slick bass line to boot. Stay cool. Stay cool. Anderson Pack is cool as it gets, man. He might be cooler yeah. than Bruno. And they're both like, no. they're like the perfect blend or perfect marriage of like two of the coolest guys. Yeah. So. I don't know how much you are into wrestling, but um, fuck, I forget the other guy's name, but there was a wrestler named Enzo Amore and his uh, Cesaro was his tag team partner. And Anderson Pack is the Cesaro to definitely, <laughs> definitely to, yeah, to Bruno Mars's uh, Enzo Amore. Enzo Amore is kind of the very outlandish, garish, brash guy in the group where, Anderson Pack is the cool, quiet guy in the back that is actually really going to get all the chicks because um, he's 
he's just he's the cool persona he's the balancing act he's like hey hey man be cool be cool it's all good yeah yeah he's 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 dope he's dope as shit this this track is dope as shit. I love Anderson Pack. I've been slowly discovering him over the last few years. And uh, Louis also posted the Tiny Desk concert of this song. And I'm always blown away by how cool of a concert the Tiny Desk concert is. Every time I watch one, I'm like, I love this artist, even if I hate this artist. It's just a really cool concept. I, I don't it's understand like they, how they're so good every time, too. Like, there's not been one that I was like, uh, you know, it was all right. They phoned it in. It's a good experience every single time. I think because it has the tiny desk concert has this kind of mysticism to it now where like, it's kind of like what Nirvana did for MTV's unplugged sets. It's the exact same concept. They, they started the bar so fucking high that only when people do it, it's like an honor. It's like playing at Austin city limits, right? There's, there's certain, there's certain venues and there's certain things where it's an honor to be a part of it. So I think artists, will never ever phone it in for a tidy desk session. And it's also small and intimate, almost like when people play in like record stores. So it's yeah. like small and intimate, but it's still like a huge honor. So I think that's like the perfect perfect little thing to make it really cool. Alright, so into my song of the show. Another repeat for me. So I had a Joji track last week. He was featured on that track, but it was he was still on it. This one is a brand new single. It was released on the tenth of this month uh and it's gorgeous it's it's uh, a glimpse of us by joji uh again i i brought up filthy frank again last week and i i posted one of his videos from when he was on youtube as the pink guy and it's the way his career started versus where it is now is completely different this song is absolutely gorgeous man it's just so pretty it's about you know being with somebody that should be perfect for you but when you when he looks into her eyes, he sees a glimpse of the girl he's he's singing about, and how sometimes the grass is greener on the other side, but that doesn't mean it's better. And I think that's such a beautiful like concept to, to write a song about, and especially the kind of very like he comes from a very lo-fi background, and so it's just the lyrics are really really powerful. Um, his his vocal performance is really good. It's just really good. It's a really good slow jam about missing, you know, that imperfect love that is sometimes the best love. And I think it's just a cool sentiment from a guy who used to be so incredibly offensive. Yes. Uh, it's, it's, I don't know. It's really great, man. I love Joji's stuff. I've been obsessed with him this week. I've been not doing nothing but listening to Joji. Um, slow Dancing in the Dark, which was blew up on Twitter a couple years ago, is a great song as well. Um, he's just really matured into this really great kind of slow jam R&B lo-fi guy. And I, I absolutely love him. Hell yeah. Yeah, this song is very depressing. The first time I heard it, I was like, damn. Yeah. Bringing down the mood, Kev. Yeah. Yeah, sorry. I mean, I, I just, I'm upset. I've been listening to a lot of lo-fi in the office and this just was a natural fit. And it's, it's, kind of, it's gaining some steam on TikTok as well. Um, so... Yeah, man, I've just been obsessed with Joji, so him releasing a song last week was was perfect for me. Yeah, it it almost felt like Bon Iver at a, at parts. No, yeah, I don't, that's kind of like almost offensive to say, but I still really like the first Bon Iver album. Anyway, I don't think it is. I don't think it is offensive, man. I you think don't? no, I really don't. I think it's a, it's a compliment to both of them. I think so. Um, yeah, 
Um, my song of the show is Bahamas by our friends from Harbor. Uh, they've been talking about releasing new music, and I think it's been about, what, three years since they've released an album? So to get mm-hmm. our first single in a few years was really exciting. Uh, they've been going on a bunch of tours. Um, you can go back and listen to our interview with them, um, talking about how they produced this new album and everything. Um, but yeah, Bahamas was like very fun and uplifting and they've done, they've already done like kind of a beach album. So this one is more like rock, rock beach. It's kind of, you know, blending those two things that they've been really successful at the last yeah. thought, thoughts on letting go was like a rock album. The The album before that was, um, very beachy. So to get something that's kind of a blend of both is really cool. Yeah, um, this this is probably one of my favorite tracks I've heard from them. I was, you know, I was kind of blown away by it. It's really cool, really fun, um, but really well done and produced as well. I really, really dug this song. And I was, I was, it's funny because I was actually talking about that the other day with somebody, and I was like, we need to get Ryan and Ryan back on. We should reach out, see if they want to come back on, see when they when they'll be free from the tour, and get them back on, and you know, maybe have them pick an album for us. You know, yeah. You know, have a Harper takeover of Off the Beaten Cloud. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Yeah, I think they're coming back from their tour. They just did a headlining tour um, with America Part 2. And I, from what I've seen, it went really well. And I'm I'm really excited for him because, you know, I've known Ryan a long time. And I've seen him play live probably more than anyone else just because he was at a lot of the same venues that I would go to. And just to know that they're on the precipice of like getting huge and they're and they deserve it. You know, all their music yeah. is really solid for self-released music. And um, I'm really excited for them. Yeah, man. Um, so there you go. I, I've i got my album pick for next week, which is not something we normally have on hand. Well, it's something we should have, but yeah. we're just very indecisive. Um, and I won't lie to you. I've been stressed about this, but I made my decision and I'm sticking to it. It's Somewhere City by Origami Angel. Uh, I almost picked their double album for this month, and I was going to do like two weeks in a row where we split the album in half, but uh, we're going to do a 10-track album from Origami Angel called Somewhere City, and it'll be out next Monday. If oh, you guys so wanna... it'll be brand new, huh? Oh, no, no, you're talking about the episode. Yeah, the, <laughs> like, the episode will be out next Monday. <laughs> <laughs> um, if you want to check out our Twitter, it's at OffCliff. Our Instagram is at OffTheBeatenCliff. And our Gmail is offbeatingclef at gmail.com. Yep. Thanks for listening, guys. We'll see you next week. Bye.